Welcome to the Less True podcast presented by Gulf Food, the largest annual FMB sourcing event in the world. I'm your host, Jeraria Hersey, bringing you compelling stories and insights to a wide range of topics in the food and drinks industry. From farming, behind the scenes, to the culinary world, and to foods we simply love to chew on. In this podcast series, we speak to people, brands, and businesses across the food and drinks spectrum to find out more about why they do what they do and how, in their own way, they're championing change and shifting the future of food and drink. Trust me, there's so much more. So listen to the Less True podcast on our website, gulffood.com, and subscribe to our newsletter for the latest updates in food. Welcome back to another episode of the Less True Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jerry Hersey. And on today's episode, we're delighted to welcome Kiri Chandler, a sustainability consultant who has recently introduced Food Made Good to the UAE in partnership with Omar Shihab from DIFC restaurant called Boca. Food Made Good is the world's largest food service sustainability program, which strives to make every out-of-home meal as sustainable as possible. It is a global movement launched by the Sustainable Restaurant Association over a decade ago, and it was an absolute pleasure to have them as our sustainability partners at Gulf Food 2023. Welcome to the show, Kiri. Thanks for the opportunity. To How are you doing today? today? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Perfect. So what I like to do um, at first is to understand why you do what you do. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit about your background in hospitality and uh, sustainability? Sure. So as I was speaking to you before, I'm Canadian born, but I grew up in New Zealand. Um, and being a country that is so far away from everywhere, I had a real curiosity to travel overseas. And that fascination led me to um, the tourism industry because that was a good way to do that. Uh, so I started working with convention bureaus and um, tourism bureaus and hotels. And I worked with all the major brands. Um, and that eventually brought me to Dubai here as part of the opening team for Grand Hyatt in 2002. So I had done a lot of hotel openings up until then. Um, yeah. So I thought I was fairly experienced, but it really didn't prepare me for this particular role. And uh, it was just too challenging for me. And I decided after that I was disillusioned with the joy of being in tourism <laughs> and vowed never to be in hospitality again. Ever again. That's okay. right. But in, still in Dubai, um, you know, such an entrepreneurial city, so many things always popping up. And so I was part of startups as a co-founder, as um, a part of opening teams for startups. And, you know, typical Dubai, boom or bust in a lot of ways. And so... Uh, I decided after several of those, being involved in those, that I needed to learn more about business. And I was curious about um, how more, how business could be a bit more sustainable in a way. And so I went back to school and did my MBA. And I loved that experience. And I sort of um, got awakened with learning. Okay. And um, I loved it so much that that university asked me to come back and lecture on marketing and sales because that's my background as well. So I could do that part time. Beautiful. So it was beautiful. 
And then I progressed um, more teaching, um, more business subjects, and that sort of fueled my own interest in sustainability. Um, I then was asked to run the business program for the undergraduates um, in the university, and I was also asked to lead this one unit in their MBA program called Business, Society and the Environment. And that really looked at the intersections of um, business and what role it plays in sustainability. So this was like a perfect match Mm -hmm. for me. And um, through COVID, as you know, the education system really had some trying times. And my interest and focus and passion was still in sustainability, but I was finding that I was just a bit too distracted with other things. I had done a a lot of great things in in the higher education space, but I wanted to really focus on sustainability because we we really needed to action that. So I jumped back out into private industry and decided to focus solely on sustainability action here in the UAE. And then narrowing down even more, reaching back to hospitality, vowing never to do it never again. Never to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, really thought that there was an opportunity for Dubai to create a different brand image. You know, I had been here since 2002, so I knew that we were well known for glitz and glamour and, and fast-paced, yeah. um, providing everything for everybody. But what if we could produce and develop a brand that was a little bit more deep, a little bit more not genuine but authentically sustainable in terms of um, our restaurant industry Mm -hmm. because we were actually then now producing our own brands here and we had a bit of a maturity in the market for um, how we were um, developing the dining experience. So that then led me to think, okay, how can we make restaurants more sustainable or, or get them interested in that? And then parallel to that exploration, um, I came to know Omar from Boca. And he was actually doing the same sort of thing, but on a different track, because of course he ran and operated a restaurant restaurant, and was doing many, many things. So we actually um, coincidentally met and discovered that we had both been searching for something to help restaurants in their accessibility to sustainability tools. And so that's how we sort of joined up forces and um, partnered with the Food Made Good initiative. Perfect. So what is Food Made Good? And if you can tell us a little bit about the global self-assessment tool that is being used to encourage sustainability in restaurants in the UAE. Well, as you correctly mentioned in the introduction, so Food Made Good is the largest global sustainability program specifically designed for the food service business. So they've been um, going for now 15 years, and this is an initiative run by the Sustainable Restaurant Association based in the UK. So what they've done is they've worked closely with industry, and they've developed a framework that is closely aligned to the SDGs. Yeah. And so it gives restaurants the opportunity to look at their issues specific to the industry, align them to the SDGs, which are the goals, and then work out some some actions, some actual um, steps to take that align with the goals and help them tackle problems, challenges within their industry. Okay. So in addition to that, the Food Made Good initiative is closely aligned to the criteria that's used for the world's 50 best restaurants. So that's the framework uh, or the lens, you might say, that's looked at through to assess the most sustainable restaurants. And, you know, we do that for each region around the world, the MENA, MENA region, okay. um, which is, is our region here. 
and um, Food Made Good are are more than advocacy. They're they're not only trying to promote best practice, but trying to encourage proactivity in sustainability and really allow business owners to take decisions that are specific to their business. So not a cookie cutter approach, right? So because sustainability means something different to everybody. Every business is different, even if you're working in the food, food industry. And so depending on what size you are, what's your approach, there's no one size that fits, fits all. all. And that's where I think the framework is, is very valuable. I actually see the framework, um, I don't mention sustainability sometimes, I mention as it a business tool because it takes you through a very in-depth, broad, holistic evaluation of your business in okay. a 360 sort of way. Okay. And that in itself produces um, lots of areas that you might be doing very well at, but maybe also highlights some things you haven't thought about before. And that holistically can make you, you know, um, more resilient, yeah. um, um, strengthen your, your competitive nature and attract, um, you know, staff mm. and, and people that are really interested in um, being part of the hospitality industry. What are, what are some of the measuring tools? Like, can you just give us some examples of what are you assisting based on? So the framework itself is um, covering 10 key areas. Okay. And that covers three pillars, main pillars, sourcing, society, and the environment. Okay. And um, I can give you a picture here of the framework so you can see color-wise okay. actually how it's very aligned to the SDGs. SDG. You know, natural um, alignment with... Um, responsible consumption and production when it comes to sourcing, um, natural alignment with society when it comes to wanting to feed people well and their well-being, that sort of thing. So it's easy to match colours, um, yeah. and we always like colours because they make it interesting, but what's interesting for me is to see a framework in action and what it translates to in reality. And so that's what we we really wanted to make sure, Omar and myself, that it, in practice gave restaurants who run very busy operations, the chance to evaluate their specific business in a, in a way that is um, really deep and, and broad. Um, so th- when you say deep and broad, that sometimes might indicate that it's a bit diluted. Yeah. But it, it's like an audit. It's, it's really like an illumination of, um, okay, um, can you tell us how many onions you purchase over the course of a year and you know you can break that down through your purchasing um, inventory and your purchasing system and then where do you get those onions from and then how much of those onions are in your menu design and so um, it it looks at ingredients it looks at where you're getting them from it looks at um, what connection you have with the people that sell them to you and whether you have a first um, stage relationship or whether it's through a couple of stages and and then therefore do you really know where it comes from? What is the traceability of it? Okay. And then more broadly, how you communicate all that work you're doing behind the scenes, which is um, increasingly becoming important to diners, right? And the public. Yeah. And the wider um, consciousness of, of public and dining. And if you choose to use that as a storytelling um, avenue to share and to educate, um, to attract staff again and... Um, you know, really incorporating and integrating sustainability holistically 
throughout the entire business. Because I think most people maybe think sustainability equals environmental. True. They don't necessarily think about the people side of it. Um, They sometimes think of sustainability as an additional cost because it means sometimes um, taking more time to do things. Um, And it might do to take more time to do things in the short run, but in the long run, it's proven to be... saving. You are saving time and money. True. So it's it's a mind shift sometimes in that way. But the tool itself gives you that opportunity to look at your whole business 360 degree and really evaluate every grain of it. So in comparison to what you might get a consultant to come in and do, like look at your financials, look at um, all your human resource contracts, look at your competitive nature in the market, look at new product coming online, looking at trends, global and macro and and, and micro, this this does that to a large degree um, for a much much less price (laughs) and i think it simplifies it into like three pillars that's just easy are you able to be sustainable in these three categories and then of course it has subcategories but i think it's a it's a really great um, framework so you are doing the groundwork so um what is the current state of the restaurant industry in terms of sustainability and what are some of the challenges you see restaurants facing to be able to be more sustainable yeah, well, um, I think most, I think it would be impossible for us to even assess what restaurants are doing or, or what it's specific challenges they are facing and why. Because we're not tracking it. Currently, we're not actually measuring anything in that area. Yeah. So how do we know how we're doing? Um, how do we know in turn what the real challenges are other than Um, going out and talking to restaurant owners and getting feedback that way directly. Uh, Again, everyone has a slightly different um, arrangement of challenges. And um, so I think another purpose of Food Made Good is to collect some data and insights from across the industry and importantly share some of the things that are going on, not only the good things but the challenges and the lessons because why try to recreate the wheel yourself every time? Why, why not leverage um, someone else's experience and take that as much as you can into your operation and roll with yeah. it and see if it works. So we're more than an advocacy. We, we like to think of ourselves as a resource pool and also, um, it's a little cliche, but building a community. I think we're a bit strengthened yeah. by a community movement rather than each individually thinking ourselves as in silos and um, just competitive in nature. Um, I think we'd be a lot stronger and more resilient if we came together on these on these levels because there are very uh, there's a huge amount of, of commonalities in terms of our challenges. Right? What are some of the few like main challenges that you are able to maybe not generalize but like you keep hearing about? Yeah. So have you noticed there's an incredible amount of restaurants opening up? Yeah, I can't even keep up. Actually, the pace, <laughs> yes. you know, for Dub- even for Dubai, this is quite a fast-paced, growing industry, and there's many drivers for that. You know, we've got growing population and lots of um, favourable economic setup opportunities mm-hmm. here. But the challenges are also come down to it. You bring the brightest, you bring the best, and you in- have investors that that help you set up. But the, in the end, what are you offering to the market? 
is it something that only attracts a certain level of the market and it's the Instagrammable type of dining experience. It might have an element of entertainment and flair mm. and celebrityism to it. Great. And mm. we're known for that. We, yeah. We're very good at doing that. But at the end of the day, you've still got costs. You've still got um, to find staff and you've still got to source quality ingredients um, because most of what we go to restaurants for involves the food and the experience of dining out. Mm -hmm. So those things are common amongst any type of food service operator. And the challenges in the industry that we're hearing, and this is not just to Dubai, but is finding good staff and finding people who actually want to work in hospitality. Because hospitality is an industry that is known for short hours and long weekends. We work really hard. In your nature, you have to have something that brings you to hospitality, that excitement or that passion or that willingness to serve people and see them happy and, and make experiences for, for diners. So you have to have that, but you also have to have the stamina of working long hours um, and sometimes irregular shifts and... Uh, under fast-paced conditions, and that's front of house and back of house. So industry-wide, we're finding that not as many younger people are being attracted to the industry. And also, the wages have never, ever been, you know, super-duper attractive. It's low to moderate, and I would I would say that in the UAE, that's definitely the, the, case, the case, right? So what's attracting people? You know, we've got to think about um, what type of people we want working in our business, and how we set that up for them so that they can perform at their best and present our brand and our experience um, always top-notch because that's where people will differentiate whether they'll come back to you. Yeah. And we want repeat business because we just don't want um, tourists that are here for one time. We want the UAE resident to come back time and time again to our restaurants, right? Yeah. So people factor has always, I think, been a little Challenge. bit downplayed. Also in, in UAE, we haven't treated people necessarily as a, a real asset. We've treated them as a, a very easily replaceable, replaceable. type of, um, you know, um, cost. I agree. Yeah. So um, in terms of sustainability, how do you see the UAE's restaurant industry evolving in the next few years? And do you have any predictions? Yeah, no, I, I'm not a restaurant expert. Um, I don't have this ability to predict, even yeah. though I've seen so many cycles since being here, since 2002. Yeah. And I'm sharing with you that, you know, I'm seeing the pace being somewhat, I think, unsustainable. Yeah. I wonder how many restaurants will be here in two years that are opening up now. That's what I constantly wonder. Yeah. And, and I hope they are here because um, it would really increase Dubai's tourism market and, um, you know, uh, the, the population goals that we have by 2030 to be 10 million in Dubai. Yeah. But how are we going to also balance that out with um, having good access to quality food and, and reliable supply chains? We live in a desert we have food and water security issues. We import over 80 to 90% of everything that we eat and consume here. So how are we balancing this out with what we're bringing in, what we're producing here, and how we're using resources so that we're not only responsible, but we're thinking about the long-term future of how we're gonna sustain this big mega city 
that we're growing into. Yeah. And in the restaurant industry, um, you know, we don't at this stage have a conscious-minded diner. Mm. Um, I would say that we're still not quite there yet in terms of people actively seeking out places all the time that are recognisable for doing ABC in terms of sustainability. I don't think we're there. Not like um, we have maybe uh, more consciousness in, in Europe and throughout North America in that way. And why? It's just because we're growing so fast. We have a large portion of our dining population as tourists or transient people. And even though they might think um, a certain way when they're at home and that's their dining behaviour, when they're on holiday, you know, maybe those criteria are not so important. Okay. Um, but how do we use our ability as restaurant operators to educate people also in a, in a storytelling way? in terms of how we're, how we're doing things behind the scenes that they may not be aware of, what efforts we're making. I think the restaurant industry has an enormous capability of um, taking a greater role in, in sustainability in terms of educating diners in what they're eating or um, where things come from, how it came to be on their plate. Um, but do you think there will be a time where people just dine in places that are only practicing sustainable uh, practices practicing sustainability like they will avoid anywhere that they think is not up to par with maybe with the assessment tools and everything maybe there's a certificate that says okay you are a sustainable restaurant then only diners will be interested in dining there I mean selfishly I hope yes uh, okay. <laughs> because um, because that's what the food made good standard provides that recognition and, and third party validation yeah so it's an independent sort of sticker of a, of a sort saying that yes you are doing this to a degree of so one. you think it will it could influence diners the certificate maybe I think it I think it could yeah um, it, is it the first thing that comes to mind at the moment I don't no. think so okay. and that's why the business side of it attracts me so much because I'm trying to say that sustainability isn't separate than business business yes. and sustainability is one of the one. same they should be in, embedded within each other right yeah. they're, they're interdependent True. so it's a mode of doing business it's not a separate issue or a thing but it's become a separate siloed issue because of all the other um, people. Are not, yeah, yeah, the, the global challenges that we have that we can no longer ignore. Yeah, I mean, how long have we been polluting and and, and at incredible pace since the industrial revolution that we have this enormous blanket around our earth? So if we can't recognise the impact of that and relate it to our business and to our own personal lives, then it's pretty hard for people to take action. So they need to make connections. And sometimes it's first through business and then it's through their personal lives and and actions and behaviours. Yeah, true. Okay, let's think about the business sustainable practices. So what, for example, BOCA, what sets them apart? Can you just give us some examples of what sustainable practices they're doing? Yeah, yeah, I can. And I'm more familiar with BOCA than anywhere else, of course, because of Omar. Omar, yeah. And, you know, in... In truthfulness, um, he started this sustainability journey long before Food Make Good came around into the UAE. Yeah. So he was already exploring these things um, of sourcing and waste management. And he 
continues to look at ways where they can um, improve or, you know, we live in um, also a business environment that continuously changes, so we can't stay static. It's not like we have a plan and then that's it. So things that they started out with were easy things. They were just thinking about, okay, where do we actually um, generate the most waste? So you have to measure that to know. And so just by um, separating a couple of things, say organic waste to everything else, like bottles, plastic, um, aluminium, even making those two separations, you can get a sense of how much in weight and volume you generate and you could do that for a week and then extrapolate it over the course of a month and then, then 12 months to get a rough idea of how much you're actually needing to get rid of as, mm. a, as a byproduct of your operation. So that's where he started. And he realized there were a couple of um, things that as a restaurant, every restaurant would have um, used cooking oil as a, as a waste product. And how do you get rid of that? Because it's a tough one. And there are certified um, suppliers, um, government certified suppliers that can take that away and um, recycle it and make it into something that is useful again and we want to keep that within the UAE business economy we don't want to necessarily ship that off to somewhere else so in another yeah. country we want to keep that here right to keep the circularity um, and the the, um, the economics of it yeah. you know in, in the domestic um, landscape and so that was an easy one um, which most restaurants would be able to um, get familiar with. The other thing was just organic waste. How do you get rid of that? And how can you reduce it in the first place? So you look at what you have and, and what you're generating, but then to go one step um, before that, okay, how can we use products and elongate the longevity of that product? Could we, for instance, use something um, and do something with the peels? Um, another example is Chef Carlos at table at, at Jamil Center, right? Yeah. So he's really focused on sourcing and he designs his menu on seasons. And he spends an incredible amount of time really um, designing a menu that is not minimalist, but it maximizes the ingredient that he's bothering to source and bring in in the first place. So he does incredible work with fermentation and pickling. And that that um, gives longevity um, to the product that you're bringing in to start with. And Boca do several things like that too in terms of, you know, there are Spanish Mediterranean style restaurants, so some, some natural things that appear on their menu are, you know, gazpacho. So they use an incredible amount of tomatoes. And so what can you do with the skins? Um, what can you do with the pips? Um, so really looking at one ingredient and thinking, okay, we need it for this and we, we're going to bother um, sourcing the best product we can and sometimes that might be a bit more expensive but so that we've bothered spending more money on it so how can we really maximize the use of it and thinking about that in everything your business does and everything you bring in and then also thinking about talking to your suppliers because packaging is another big issue in terms of restaurant waste how can you talk to your suppliers and walk them through you know is there a way that you could bring this to me without the plastic wrapper on it or can you take the plastic wrapper back if i save them this type of idea i mean it's it's not brain it's not it's not like it's not like a genius rockets, that you, yeah. no it's not but you have to start thinking about every part of your business like that and that's the beauty of the food make good standard it actually forces you to analyze okay what are you doing here and is there another way you could do it 
even at the moment, Boca is going through the standard because, of course, we, we want to understand it to, yeah. to an nth degree. And I would have thought, wow, Boca should be just breezing through this yeah. because they're so organised. I mean, yeah. they're one of the few restaurants, the only restaurant I know of in the UAE that's actually produced a carbon emissions report and published it. So that's the degree to which they're wanting to share, share. the efforts that they're doing. But even through the questions that we're going through, there's things that, oh, okay, yeah, we could do that actually and improve um, up our, our score over here because if we just formally write a policy about ABC, mm. how we um, construct a relationship with suppliers, for instance, then it actually enhances um, the, not only the credibility of how we run the business, but also the transparency of how we do business. Correct. And that's part of sustainability. Perfect. So um, this is the last question. So it's been really great having you. Um, what are your aspirations for Food Made Good? And uh, what does success look like in a couple of years from now? That's a good question. Actually, Food Made Good asked us that question when we wanted to bring the platform here. You know, okay. what do you see for it? And I think both Omar and I want to um, bring the restaurant industry together more. Mm -hmm and share more um, and build some um, strength in our community movement and help to move the needle on climate action. Yeah. But more than that, I'd love for people to think of sustainability as a business mindset instead of something separate and to really think of it as a normal Practice. mode of operating. Yeah. So really embedding it into their strategy. Uh, and for more people to do the standard will enable us to learn about things that people are doing now that we don't even know about that is pro probably amazing or to share some of those great things with other people who need help and not only share the successes but also share the lessons and be pretty open about hey we tried this and this just didn't work it fell flat on its face yeah. so don't do that but this is what we did as a workaround I mean, that would just save us so much time and we could really accelerate what the restaurant industry is contributing to all the national goals and the, the agenda that the government have in food security, food and water security, um, for the zero, net, net zero strategy, uh, for how we um, approach our circularity in business. All those strategies, I think, would be really wise for operators to know about and to align with because it's much easier to synergize with government vision and, and mission than it is to sort of all of a sudden figure out or be told, ah, oh, by the way, you've got to eliminate all single-use plastics by January 1st next year. Oh, yeah. Then you it's know? like panic. Yeah and, yeah, and and it's costly because there's always suppliers um, that will come and offer alternatives, but they don't necessarily um, provide viable economic alternatives. So you want to be ahead of the game so that your business is prepared for those types of things. Absolutely. So yeah, just um, I think our original passion was to um, create this different dimension of, of Dubai and then the UAE as a, as a brand that we are we can be authentic and we have some amazing resources here that we can maximize that we just don't have to take, take, take and take from overseas that we can actually really maximize um, our natural resources here and incorporate some of our culture here and um, you know the homegrown talent that we have here um, so that was our original plan and then just bringing the industry together 
and and collecting this data so that it's useful for everybody to to share and to um, to learn from. Oh, that's beautiful. I think it's going to be an amazing um, success story. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Carrie. Um, it was lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk about Food Made Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Let's Chew podcast. And as always, if you have enjoyed this episode as much as I have, please do share your thoughts and leave us a review. Bye for now.